and welcome to the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists news podcast for April 2022. I'm Vicky and regular listeners will know that I usually would be doing this with my colleague Derek Munn. However, today's episode is a little different as I am delighted to be joined by two special guest stars, Mary Heritage, Chair of the RCSLT Board, and Kamini Gadhok, MBE, who is the CEO at RCSLT. And they are going to tell us today about the RCSLT's new five-year vision. So welcome, Kamini and Mary. I wonder if you can please tell our listeners about the five-year vision for RCSLT. Why do we have a five-year vision? Um, and I think I'll, I'll direct that one to Mary, please. So Vicky, our organisation previously usually had a three-year strategic plan. Um, One of the things we learned during the pandemic that it's not possible to plan for three years, um, let alone any further. So the board decided it would be more appropriate from now on to have a five-year vision where we were thinking broadly where we wanted to get to um, in line with our mission and vision. Um, And that every year we'd have an annual operating plan that would help us move forward towards delivering on that five-year vision. Um, The aim of the vision is to inspire us and uplift the profession with a clear and compelling strategy so that we can target our resources and our energies where we can have the most impact and in line with where our members' priorities are. Fabulous. Thank you, Mary. And it seems like a a very big thing to create. I wonder how how has this vision been pulled together? And I think I might ask that to Kamini, please. Thanks very much, Vicky. Well, we're delighted with the level of engagement. So um, to start with, members took part in a range of online meetings and workshops from April to June 2021. And there were a number of questions that we asked them to discuss, which included what are the key trends that will impact on us as a profession and all the organisation over the next five to 10 years? And if we're successful in carrying out our strategy, what changes will we see? What does success actually look like? And what steps can we take over the next five years to achieve our ambitions? The staff of the RCSLT also discussed these issues in detail. And we were delighted that more than 60 national service user charities from all four nations of the UK took part in co-produced sessions at this early stage. It was really interesting, for example, that both members and service user partners placed a high priority on expanding visibility and awareness of the profession and of speech language communication and swallowing needs to decision makers and to wider society. So this, as I said, this process happened from April to June 2021. And then at its meeting in July 2021, the board considered the responses to the consultation that had been received from members, service user partners and staff. As a result of that meeting, further revisions and consultations took place with all of these stakeholders and included RCSLT trustees and committee members. And this happened through the autumn of 2021. In March 2022, the board approved the final version of our vision for 2022-2027. Wonderful. Thank you, Kamini. That sounds like a very collaborative process. So that's how it's pulled together. So now and I'm keen and listeners will be keen to know what's in it. So Mary, I wonder if you could tell us what's included in the vision statement, please. Yeah, and we're, we're so proud of it. Um, the strategic vision has now been published. It's on our website um, and includes an easy read version. And it really sets out our mission, 
our vision and eight areas of strategic focus. So our mission is similar to what we've aimed for in the past, to enable better lives for people with communication and swallowing needs. But new is our vision, and our vision is a society that's inclusive of all with communication and swallowing needs. The strategic vision has eight areas of strategic focus. And the first two are particularly important because they will run through all other areas of planning and strategy like a stick of rock. Um, And those are co-production and equality, diversity and inclusion. So if I talk first of all about equality, diversity and inclusion, listeners will know that this has been a priority for us and our members growing over over recent years. So we're going to continue to promote greater equality, diversity and inclusion and definitely embed anti-racism within the profession and in service provision. The long-term ambition was galvanised in 2020 by the challenge rightly posed by the Black Lives Matters movement. And we're really committed as an organisation and as a profession to both long-term and short-term changes from the experience of students and the universities through to workplace culture and to appropriate clinical practice and how we have representative governance in RCSLT. And as with equality, diversity and inclusion, in terms of co-production, we're going to embed it in our operational work streams, like that stick of rock I mentioned. So co-production with service users their families, their carers and their representative organisations are going to be um, a key approach in RCSLT across all aspects of our work. Thank you, Mary, for talking about those two really important areas, EDI and co-production. Now, I wonder if I might go to Kamini, please, to talk about the other six areas of the vision. Thank you very much, Vicky. So um, the other areas, the, the first of those is around funding and recovery and very much linked to the impact of the pandemic and how we learn the lessons um, from the last few years to ensure that future provision is better than before. In terms of innovation and excellence in research and clinical practice, which is another area of focus, we're very keen to keep building the speech language therapy evidence base and delivery of best practice again, in collaboration with service users. We know that we have areas where we um, have gaps in our evidence base, and that's something that we're looking at uh, in terms of priority. Workforce development is the next area, area number five. We're very keen to work with the profession to look at how we both recruit and retain the speech language therapy workforce. And that includes issues around uh, career development, as well as diversity of the workforce itself. Number six is around profile and opportunity. And I mentioned before that this is uh, something that both members and service user organisations are keen for us to do more of, which is championing the value and impact of speech and language therapy within society. The seventh area of focus is around member engagement and how we empower members to lead the profession. And the final one, the eighth area of focus is around organisational excellence and that the RCSLT is recognised as an excellent organisation. Great, thank you, Kamini. I wonder if you could expand on some of the things that we might see coming out of those areas uh, over the next few years, please, and give us some examples. Thanks. 
Thanks, Vicky. Well, I can definitely give you examples for the coming year. So the board have just approved implementation of the five-year vision through the operational plan for 2022-23. And as you can imagine, there are a significant number of projects and pieces of work which are detailed in this. So as you said, just to give colleagues uh, who are listening and examples of what, what uh, the areas are that we're going to be focusing on in the coming year. So in terms of equality, diversity and inclusion, I just wanted to highlight that we are an active partner in the delivery of work being led by the Council of Deans of Health, which has been funded by Higher Education England and is around supporting all allied health profession, pre-registration education training on decolonisation of the curriculum. So whilst this work is being focused in England, we're hoping, or funded through England, we're hoping that this will influence and support all the universities across the UK. The second area around under EDI that I think is useful to highlight for the coming year, as colleagues will know, we've co-produced resources and opportunities for members to learn together to support our journey as a profession to be actively anti-racist. We now need to influence system leaders to work with us to build on these and to embed them so that they become part of mainstream internal um, education training, certainly for the public sector, and also working with our colleagues in the independent sector to see how we can embed them as part of what all our members do as part of their training. The third area I want to highlight under EDI is the, the use of new data on students and members in highlighting and influencing diversity of the profession. And that includes all elements um, of protected characteristics. Uh, and I haven't mentioned all the other areas we're doing under this heading, but just to give colleagues an example of that, I hope it shows that we are um, pushing on all the areas that we've committed to. We do have various networks and groups that members can get involved with. So if they're interested in, in if any of you are interested, we'll make sure that uh, we post that as part of this podcast too. The next area uh, of focus that I want to highlight is around funding and recovery, which is related, as I said before, on the impact of the pandemic. We're very aware that there are significant workforce capacity issues and pressures in the system related to backlogs as a result of service closure or patients, or uh, and that's across all population groups, whether that's children, adults, uh, adults with learning disability um, that have been impacted on. Uh, we're also looking at how we develop support to the members in those different who are working with those different population groups, and we are currently planning a listening event for services or for members who work uh, to deliver services for children and young people. Uh, we are thinking now about how we might replicate that for adults, those working with adults, and to develop some narrative and intelligence to influence national policy and planning around recovery decisions in adult and rehab services. So these are areas that we're, we are going to be working on in the coming year under funding and recovery. I just want to move on to workforce. I mentioned earlier that we're very aware around capacity, about the challenge to do with capacity in the system and retaining members within the NHS is one of the other key things that we're going to be working on. We are also keen to support our members with the skills gaps that we know have arisen because of the pandemic. And that includes looking at how we support students uh, with learning about assessment skills and NQPs as well as looking at gaps for those who are at a band five in terms of their practical experience. Moving on to another focus area, focus area on profile and opportunity. 
I just wanted to highlight that um, there are going to be opportunities within reforms in England and potential reforms in Wales around mental capacity and mental health, where we are we have already raised and are raising the value of the speech language therapy profession to uh, supporting this area. And we want to ensure that we can secure speech language therapy into new professional roles as part of these reforms. I'm gonna pass to Mary now to talk about member engagement and organisational excellence. Thanks, Kamini. Yeah, member engagement continues to be um, a journey um, towards that, um, that goal of RCSLT is its members. Uh, and so our members will continue to find different ways and be offered different opportunities to have their voice heard in the way that the profession moves forward. And, and this strategic uh, vision is a great example of how our members have had their voices heard. Um, in terms of organisational excellence, there's a great deal of work over the last year in terms of the aim of improving board and committee diversity. And that's been happening through the creation of the nominations committee, supporting some of our members to take part in the Allied Health Professions Federation Future Leaders Programme. And onward, we'll be developing a communication strategy, um, which will be closely linked with our workforce focus areas. Wonderful. Thank you for um, explaining all of those areas and giving some really interesting examples. I'd like to ask you now, probably Mary, in fact, how can members and stakeholders track the progress of, of this work against the vision? Yeah, it's really important because members have created this vision through collaboration. So I hope that members will want to see how it's progressing over the next five years. First of all, board will be tracking progress um, and we have four board meetings a year um, and we'll, all, we'll continue to actively engage members and other stakeholders in reaching that vision through the delivery of successful annual operating plans. You'll also be able to hear about um, more of the detail through all of our various communication channels, the e-newsletter, bulletin of course, a website and social media for updates and of course to celebrate the achievements we've made. And I'd particularly like to encourage uh, members to attend and participate in our annual general meetings which happen virtually and this year's will be in October 2022. Great, thank you. For those people who want to find out more about the uh, strategic plan and also um, Kamini mentioned the EDI work. I will put links with the podcast so that people can uh, follow through and find out information. Okay, um, thank you, Kamini and Mary. That was really, really interesting. And yeah, looking forward to seeing how this work progresses. Just before we finish, I'd like to do a bit of a shameless plug for um, a future episode of the podcast. Regular listeners may know that every two months we release a podcast relating to a paper in the International Journal of Language and Communication Disorders. The next one is due out in the last week of April, and it's on obtaining consensus on core components of stuttering intervention for adults. It features one of the paper's authors, Amy Connery. Listen out for it on your favourite podcast app or join it on www.soundcloud.com. Thank you, Mary, and thank you, Kamini. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you.